0: Hi, I'm Callie and I'm Rachel and we are pelvic service announcement. Okay, so we're trying something new this week, hopefully. It turns out, well, we're virtually recording with Jess. Jess is here with us. She runs Pain-Free Intimacy, and she's just here to talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah.
0: Thanks for coming on. We've been really excited about this.
1: Yeah. Me too. I love you, gals. I've listened to you, and my husband's listened to you a lot, so he was also really excited to know that I was coming on the PSA podcast. Oh, that's awesome yeah
0: So tell us a little bit about like who you are what you do what pain-free intimacy is kind of everything there.
1: Yeah so like you said my name is Jess Seitz and I am an occupational therapist um, and uh, now I'm a vaginismus recovery coach and so I started pain-free intimacy actually a few months ago when a friend of mine from church, we went to go get coffee and, um, I asked how I could pray for her. And she said, I haven't been able to have sex in three years. And so I'm going to pelvic floor therapy and it's just been really hard. And I kind of got really excited because like she has vaginismus and I also had vaginismus. And so it was the first person that she had met that, um, also had vaginismus and could connect with. And so Um, I told, you know, I had vaginismus actually for eight years before I finally figured out what would work for me to help me heal and move past this. And so I was able to offer her some encouragement and some, some hope and just even meeting someone else who has this is a huge step. Um, and so after connecting with her, um, I talked with my husband, it's like, man, it's just so inspiring to be able to meet other women who are facing this and to be able to offer them hope and encouragement and also practical advice of, from my occupational therapy perspective, like what worked for me um, and be able to see them heal. And so after working with my friend a little bit, um, you know, I kind of just like, I would love to just be able to inspire women to be able to move past vaginismus once and for all. It's just this pesky annoying, like beast of a condition that just drags you down in so many areas of life. You feel isolated, you feel alone, you feel like you're broken. And that sometimes you're just like worthless when it comes to the bedroom. Um, And I know for me, I had so many negative thoughts that just stemmed through my eight years of battling this. And I wish I would have had someone to partner with me and just encourage me. Um, and I had pelvic therapy and pelvic therapy is awesome, but the inconsistency of that over the eight years, which is, was just such a struggle for me. So pain-free intimacy was born out of a desire to just really connect deeper with women, be able to encourage them in the like psychological realm, the emotional realm, and the physical realm. And so being able to offer hope and healing through that. So yeah, now I get to help women all over the world heal from vaginismus. And it's been so incredibly encouraging and I absolutely love getting to connect with women and just help them in this
2: that's amazing like seriously like everything that you just said like we are just sitting over here we're just like "Uh uh uh-huh uh-huh like and we I can't tell you how many patients that we've had that have kind of had that same feeling of like I'm alone I'm broken like nothing else can really you know or what else can I do about this? Like, is it me? Is it something that I did? Um, And so I think that, like you said, just being able to connect with different people on that level of, hey, this is something that not only did I go through myself personally, but this is how you can treat it. like It's a physical thing and it's something that has a physical remedy as well. That's awesome.
0: Well, and just the fact that you've been through some things yourself. I think the hardest part, you said so many things about feeling broken and alone. And we see that every single day. We see women who come in and they tell us that. And that's kind of the biggest narrative we try to put out there is you're not alone, number one, and you are not broken. And there is hope and there is healing. And I love something like pain-free intimacy where it doesn't matter where you are. They can look at your page and look at some of your programs and see that there's help. No, even if they can't get to a physical therapist or whatever, there's still right. some information and your information was really, really great. I loved once I started looking at some of your stuff, I was like, this is
1: wonderful. So we are very, very excited. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. One of the thing I, one of the main things I tell my women is you're not broken. Cause that's a common theme. Every woman seems to feel as like you're broken. And some people, me included, go to the point of thinking we're asexual. Like we're that broken that like, we're just not designed to have sex and be sexual beings, um, which a good number of women who have vaginismus have those thoughts. They don't feel comfortable expressing them always. But anyway, so I often tell my women, you're not broken. Your story is broken. But you know, I'm a Christian and that's a huge part of, you know, my faith is a huge part of what I do, but I say like, you're not broken. Your story is broken, but we have a God who's in the business of taking broken stories and making them beautiful narratives. So vaginismus is a part of your story. It is not the main character in your story, but it's going to create healing from this. It's going to create a beautiful narrative that's going to go forth and just kind of make you stronger and more, um, like deeper connected actually in the bedroom. (laughs)
2: And I think that's a really great segue of kind of speaking more into why do we see this prevalence of pelvic pain and sexual dysfunction so much within that Christian culture? Like, where does that stem from? What has been your experience with it? And kind of how do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, so I work with all kinds of women all over the world of different faiths um, and non-faiths. But I do specifically tend to work more with Christian women. Because rates of vaginismus are actually higher within the church, there's not a lot offered for Christians in terms of how to heal from this without necessarily leaving your faith. Um, and so, there are two. So, there are main two main reasons why I kind of gravitate towards Christian women. One, when I had vaginismus, I was told by many healthcare professionals and women in the church that I needed to drink wine in order to have sex so I could fully relax. Um, and I'm sure you all have heard the drink wine thing. I was told I needed to watch porn so that I, my body would understand what arousal was. Yep. I needed to sit down with my husband and we need to watch porn together. <laughs> and then I was also told to explore kink as a way to keep things spicy. Those three things I didn't, I mean, I'm not against alcohol and stuff, but I just did not want to invite those three things into my intimate life. And I felt like, is the only way I can heal from this if I kind of compromise a little bit of what I believe and my morals are. There's got to be a way I can heal from this without that. And so that's the primary reason, one of the reasons I work with women with who are Christians with vaginismus is to say, you don't have to do these things, three things. You may have heard this from healthcare professionals or even people in the church. You don't have to do these three things. And then the second reason why I primarily work with um, Christian women is because, uh, yes, that purity culture, belief that we have this stigma around sex and sexuality and intimacy as females. um, And a lot of those beliefs that we hear um, either growing up from church culture or that are either directly told to us before we get married or even after we get married can contribute greatly towards vaginismus. Um, And we see, unfortunately, higher numbers of women who experience painful sex and vaginismus within the church than without the church. It's hard to get like good statistics because no one wants to talk about this, but I have read that about 17% of women experience painful sex or vaginismus outside the church and then within the church or as a general population. And within the church, it's around 22%. So we do see that there's a greater number within the Christian circles. Um, and I think purity culture is a huge thing that we can attribute that to. However, I will say too, um, I do work with Muslim women and Jewish women and women of other beliefs and systems who also have a lot of this like purity culture belief in it. So it's not just select towards Christianity and, and Hindu women. Um, It is something that comes from a lot of faith systems that have some kind of um, doctrine about sex before marriage.
2: Yeah, I think that it kind of goes into this like – madonna whore complex almost and like if you're a true crime person you've probably heard that a ton. where it's like <laughs> there are some serial killers out there that that's just like that's their only view but it kind of comes down to like okay well leading you know before marriage you need to be this perfect you know pure virgin madonna like not give in to any sort of sexual sin or temptation Um, and then all of a sudden it flips around and it's like oh well you're married now like you need to be you need to be in the bedroom all the time and make sure you're satisfying your Man, and you know, you need to be so open about sex and you know, open to anything and everything. And it's like, okay, you just spent the last 20-something years telling me that all sex was a sin, that all sex was bad, and that I was going to go to hell if I even thought about it. And now you're (laughs) like, now all of a sudden it's okay. And you expect me not to have problems with that. And so I think that that's really where it comes in with a lot of women of just like, okay, why are we doing this complete 180? And why are we expecting our women to just be completely okay with that and have no problems going from one extreme to the other?
1: exactly no you nailed it like that's you know all these years it's don't think about it don't think about it don't think about it i even remembered before i got married i had reached out to a couple women at the church like okay the day's coming tell me about this what should i know like i've been told like it's gonna hurt is that true i've been told this this and every single woman i'd rather not talk to you about this now because you're not married and i don't want to lead you to like stumble or into temptation And it's like, no, I'm not going to. I just literally need to know what to do. Like, do I need to buy stuff? Thank you. Yes. Um, So it's just so frustrating because it's like, why would thinking about this cause me to stumble to the point where it's now I'm dealing with vaginismus and. Anyway, it's so frustrating. I think it is definitely possible to have education about sex and women's sexuality, about our vulvas and orgasms, and to learn about the beautiful thing that the clitoris is and how God gave us an entire organ designed for pleasure where the man has to share his pleasure organ with his plumbing. Like, we have a whole organ for that. Like, let's celebrate that. Let's learn about it. And let's learn about it before marriage so that we can enjoy it in marriage and not be fighting now things like vaginismus. Uh, I just love
0: everything you're saying because I feel like we came from (laughs) such similar backgrounds. I would, I, because I still consider myself very religious. I was raised very religious. And like some of the narratives I heard growing up, I'm like, wait, that does not track with like what I actually have like some self study I've done. I'm like, what is this? And like everything you're saying, I just like, amen to that. Like, (laughs) so, so awesome. I, I love this. And this is something we need. This is something, especially around here, like we're in like quote unquote Bible belt and I'm like, do you want to just come to Amarillo? <laughs> <laughs> out, please come. Oh, out. That's awesome. But yeah, you're exactly right. So that's, that's really great. Kind of going off of that, you talk about diet culture and purity culture being two sides of the same coin. Can you kind of talk a little bit more about those things, how they relate and then how do they relate to vaginismus?
1: Ooh. So I'm also a certified intuitive eating counselor. And so I have a history of disordered eating. um, And so that's what sparked me to um, healing from that, becoming an intuitive eating counselor. And um, basically intuitive eating talks about like ditching diet culture. You ditch diet culture and you eat based on your body's What we call interoception, which is like your internal um, signal system. So you learn how to read your body. Now, the way that I teach my intuitive eating clients and the way that I teach my vaginismus clients, like how to recover from these, are very similar. Um, You know, a lot of it is learning your interoceptive signals. So with intuitive eating, that's learning your hunger cues, that's learning your fullness cues. With vaginismus that's learning your arousal cues that's learning whether your pelvic floor is relaxed or whether it's engaged um, so both of these require you to be able to reflect on your body and what your body's needs are um now you one would think like those are very basic things to understand am i hungry Am I aroused? Like we shouldn't need to have a whole big, you know, big to do about whether we're aroused or whether we're hungry. But the problem is so many of us women have lost our ability to connect with ourselves. We don't understand our bodies. Um, And one of the reasons I think that we've lost connection with our bodies is we've been so externally told how our bodies are supposed to be that we don't know how to internally understand our bodies. And so this external communication can come from all over, Um, you know, you do see a theme of like a patriarchally driven society that tells women that you need to be skinny or you need to give sex to the man because the man is the one who's supposed to be enjoying sex more. And so you do see some paternal themes and I don't want to say like the patriarchy is all the problem. Um, There's definitely like more layers to this than oversimplifying it like that, but we, I, What I do notice, too, is a lot of the women who face disordered eating or eating disorders and vaginismus um, often tend to be our high-functioning women these are the women who are externally driven. We are, these are the women who are going to be high accomplishing women. They're going to be the ones that are the go getters. They're the ones. And this, and I'm talking about myself here. Like these are the ones who will just drive themselves into the ground with working hard and meeting other people's needs. And so that's why I say, you know, vaginismus and this, um, disordered eating are two sides of the same coin because you have diet culture and you have purity culture. And these cultures are externally driven cultural things that come at us. And a lot of us women, we bend to those in a sense, because we don't know necessarily what our internal systems need. We're listening to what we're being told, like, go this way, do this, serve here, do this, love this way. It's like, okay, I'm going to do that. And we lose complete communication with our like our own oneness or our own needs. So they do parallel each other a bit.
0: So can you talk about some of the programs you've created to help women with vaginismus recovery? Cause you have several.
1: So my main one I have is actually called the mind body sex reset program. And this is, um, it's designed for couples so i do say that you know we do want a committed penis involved but i do have single women in the program um and the reason why, the reason why is because it, it stems from my personal journey where i went to it took me four years to get a diagnosis of vaginismus it took me four years to find a doctor who did not gaslight me who was able to say like oh that's a thing here's some dilators go see pelvic pt so I stumbled across to pelvic PT and, um, I had good pelvic PTs, but, and I've listened to enough of your podcasts to know that you guys are awesome, but there are some pelvic PTs who take vaginismus and they put it into the biomechanical category and they're just, they treat it like, um, you know, we just like a sprained ankle almost like you need to follow this protocol, do X, Y, and Z, do these exercises, stick some dilators in, and then you're good to go. Like eight sessions and you're good. You should have sex. So I got put into a biomechanical model for vaginismus. For far too long, um, and I would graduate from pelvic therapy. They graduate me, say I've met all of their goals. Like there's nothing wrong with your vagina, but I would not be able to transition to my husband. I would still not be able to have sex. So after four years of going to pelvic floor therapy, graduating from dilators, and not being able to transition, being devastated, feeling like a failure. Why can I not do this? I can run marathons. I can do everything I want to do in life, but I cannot freaking master vaginismus what is wrong with me i'm doing everything they tell me to do so after four years of doing that i had to take a step back because what do they say it's like insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results i had to take a step back and be like what is wrong i'm not going back to the same system um and so i at that time so i'm a i'm a more a pain um specialist for occupational therapists so i work with chronic pain and the nervous system So at the time I was working with patients with complex regional pain syndrome, which is a complex pain syndrome kind of gig for those who don't know. Um, And it's more of a nervous system response to pain. And so I took a lot of the research and the stuff that I was doing with my CRPS patients. And I was like, I'm going to just try this on my vaginismus. And it worked. That was what my body needed was this like nervous system approach to treating my vaginismus. And it, you know, the musculoskeletal model and the dilators is still important, but it just, it was not enough for me. Um, and so with my mind, body, sex reset program, I focus a lot on the nervous system. Um, because for a lot of these women, they have similar to what I've experienced been through pelvic PT. They, they have a biomechanical approach from their their pelvic floor therapist usually. Um, and, not saying there's not there are great therapists out there who understand vaginismus is more than just a vagina muscle problem they understand it's more of a systemic nervous system mind body connection problem but a lot of them do apply that you know musculoskeletal approach so i take more of a holistic approach um and we do a lot more with that and that's why i we do the partner work and so from the beginning there's a strategic way that we invite the partner in and it's not immediately like we great we gradually integrate um your partner into this. So that transitioning from dilator to penis is possible, like not in just possible, but pleasurable. Because And so I, I do do a lot of um, arousal and orgasm training because us women with vaginismus are not great at intimacy because it's hurtful. It, it's painful. It's like frustrating. We're disappointed. We're usually in tears. So why on earth do we want to orgasm? We don't. We don't want pleasure. So I do a lot of training with pleasure and orgasming. So when the time comes and we transition to PIV, so the penis and vagina sex, it's great. It's not just like a functional thing where the penis inserted and it wasn't painful. It's like, this is how it's designed to be. This is how God made sex to be. Like we're using our clitoris, we're having fun, we're connecting deeply. So the program is designed to be not just like a goal oriented, where it's like, did the penis insert without pain, but it's to be like, you know, as an occupational therapist, it's an occupation-based um, approach where the goal is to have access to an occupation in the best way possible. So that's my heart.
0: I love that. That's what we've we've talked about. Like we preach about that so many times. Like it's such a comp. Like, you have to look at everything. You've got to look at the mental aspect of things, the physical aspect of things. Like what's your relationship looking like? Like how safe do you feel? Yeah. And we so often recommend like counseling in conjunction with pelvic floor PT because it's like usually there's a lot of things going on. And so we get patients who tell us things that they wouldn't tell their doctor in the 15 minutes right. they have to talk to their doctor. And so it's like when we have more a more complete picture of the puzzle – I think it just helps address all that better. And it almost, I love that you compared it to like chronic pain, complex regional pain, stuff like that. Because the more we're learning about things like chronic pain, the more we're realizing it's so much deeper than just a biomechanical approach. And so vaginismus is a form of chronic pain. So why would we not treat it the same way that the research shows works on all these other
1: things? Yes. And actually, I think I listened to your You guys did a chronic pain podcast, I think a little bit back. That was really good, and you guys like nailed it on like what is pain and how pain is not just in our head, but our brain is a huge part of where how we interpret pain. So, and that is, I mean, vaginismus is, yeah, it is more of a brain problem than a vagina problem. The both the two go hand in hand for sure, but we do we cannot leave the brain out at all.
2: And I think it's really important to talking about like including the partner in this because, you know, functionally, that is kind of the end goal, right? It's like, okay, why are we going through all of this? What are we doing? The end goal is to be able to have that pain free and pleasurable intimacy with our partner. And so if we're not including that kind of in those steps along the way, like, How can we expect, you know, okay, great. You know, you got to level seven of your dilator. Okay, great. Go have (laughs) sex. And it's just like, okay, dilators and penises are not the same thing. Like (laughs) when we use the dilator and when we're having sex are very like completely different, different processes, different mechanics, different end goal. Um, And so I think that that is incredibly important that you include that in your process of like, okay, here's how we're going to graduate and get to those things. Here's how we're going to just incorporate everything. So that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, this is awesome.
0: I did want to ask, because we've kind of talked, we did an episode on this, but I noticed you talk about this some. How can husbands help support their wives while they're struggling with vaginismus?
1: Yeah. So in my mind, body, sex reset program, my husband actually put together a vaginismus for husbands mini course kind of thing. Because my husband. He's incredible. He's the best man in the world. But he went through vaginismus for eight years, you know, with me, and so we understand. I mean, we totally understand that for husbands, this is not easy. Um, it's not easy for them, you know. But a lot of them, thankfully, majority of the husbands that I get to meet are not pressuring their wives and forcing their wives to, you know, have sex despite like you owe me this. I, I don't see that a lot. There are there are husbands out there like that, and that's the first thing I would say is do not pressure your wife to have PIV sex with you, do not. Um, that's actually gonna create further strong pain pathways. And it's actually gonna start making her vagina just freak out whenever you give her a hug because she's gonna associate a hug with pain. So the more you push and pressure your wife to have PIV sex with you, the the worse it's, it's gonna be for her recovery. So that's the first thing. Um, And the next thing is just like giving your wife space to heal um, and giving her the time to do this. And so the dilator work for a lot of women, especially women who tend to have a purity culture idea of shame, um, dilator work can be just another thing that you do that can be embarrassing. It can be have a little bit of shame associated with it. You know, you're in your like private little space and you're borderline doing things that just make you feel a little queasy. So Supporting your wife in that is going to be huge. Having letting her know that you're her cheerleader in this. So, whether that's you know, in my girls in my program, we talk about having a sensual safe space. And so, this is like the area you do dilating, and we just like deck it out. We put the fairy lights up. We put pictures up. We like make it such a like, you know, candles and fusers. You make this your safe space. And so, we tell husbands like, go buy something for your wife's sensual space, safe space to let her know that like you're committed to this. Like, you thought about something you bought something like you invested in her safe space and then give her the space to do this so if they if you have kids watch the kids um if you're making dinner plans like you make the dinner maybe so that she has time to go do her dilator work without feeling like she's got to squeeze it in or do it quickly or hide it under the radar so really like helping your wife to feel empowered in her dilator routine is going to be huge and just like letting her know that she's supported in this she doesn't have the pressure to like make this a big deal in her mind like you're helping her just take that next step forward and then i would say celebrate the heck out of her like be a part of knowing her wins and knowing like hey how was your dilator routine today like Oh, you you okay? You weren't able to get to what I call the growth dilator, which is your the one you're working on. Oh, you didn't get your growth dilator in today. You know what? You still showed up for yourself. You got that comfort dilator in, and we're gonna let's. i we're going to ice cream. We're just gonna celebrate that you did it anyway, and just things like that, just to say like you're not a failure. I know you didn't get to where you had in your mind you wanted to do today, but we're still gonna celebrate that you showed up for yourself because let's be honest, the hardest part of vaginismus is just showing up for yourself because it sucks. So anything that a husband can do or a partner can do to just support their wife and as they show up for themselves, it's going to be really big. So, you know, we go into a lot more with my clients and like we have strategic ways that husbands come and partner alongside and integrate in with the, the whole routine and stuff. But the like, psychological support really goes like a long way.
0: I love that. I love that. So, how does your coaching work? Like, what does the setup look like? I know that's not like on our questions, but what does that (laughs) look like like, for someone to sign up for that? Because I know you have little like programs people can do, but it also sounds like you do some one on one coaching as well.
1: I can offer one-on-one coaching. I will be honest, like the Mind Body Sex Reset program I do, it's a 12-week program and that has so much research and resources. And we talk we do the neuromodulation resources, we do like the dial it, it's all integrated nicely. And that's um like one of the strengths of it is it takes everything, all the little niches you need and it puts it into one systematic approach that's specific to you. So we work with your progress, your success. And so you go through the 12 week program really is the best option to get everything you need for vaginismus in one part i do offer one-on-one private coaching um uh, but uh you're not going to get as much out of that because i don't have as much like you're not getting the resources to take on your own time and process and learn um but i do offer the one-on-one coaching also as well so my main thing right now is the mind body sex reset program and with that you know we have um the one on we have uh one-on-one group coaching so which I love because all of the girls in the program come together and it's easily my favorite time of the week because it's just a time where we all come together. We encourage each other, we laugh together, we cry together, and then we just like help encourage each other. And so I'll answer all questions that there are. And we just, this worked for me, this didn't work for me. And it's a really cool time where someone who's like eight weeks into the program can just tell the person who's one week in and still like trembling as they grab their dilator to be like, no girl, you got this. So that group, it's just, there's so much power power in the group um to go. <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> it's like such a fun sisterhood um and then I offer like Voxer support also which Voxer is like a walkie-talkie messaging thing so which is huge because if you're dilating and you're just like okay Jess like you know, you come in on the Voxer app, um, this is really hurting. What am I doing wrong? And then I can, in the moment, be like, okay, move your dilator a little bit this way and this way. Now, how does that feel? So it's helpful to have that in the moment help also, which can be hard with vaginisms because those are your darkest days when you're like feeling nauseous, trying to get a dilator or your finger into you. And you just want to give up all things and cry. That's when you really most need the support. So I'm uh, just a quick voice message away to be able to, okay, here's what we're going to do. Take a deep breath. This is what you know. Here's next step. So, yeah, and then my husband um, it offers like once a month, um, like husband support group times where he just comes and you know gets all the guys together and help that. them out. That's
0: amazing. I, I, I love, love you it. both. I, <laughs> I just I love the sense of community you guys are creating because I think that's the one of the biggest battles beyond the actual physical aspect of things is just the complete and total isolation that these people feel. And you just, I can tell I have such a heart for it. You're so passionate. I love that. And you actually, like, you're like, I've been there. I've been on the other side. Like, I know you can get through this. I love you. I love what
2: you're doing. I think it's amazing, <laughs> honestly.
1: If you want to move you. to
2: Texas, like, please let us know.
1: You will have. out <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> No, but this is like, you know, in just doing all this, this is exactly what I needed. Like, if I would have just had the support, the research, everything in one spot, it would not have taken me eight years of pain and just frustration and like even our marriage, having to go to marriage counseling about a lot, it just seeps into different things. So I mean, my hope is to get as many couples just like past this once and for all. So this doesn't linger. And like, it doesn't vaginismus doesn't need to take eight years. It can take maybe 12 weeks um, depending on, you know, everyone's different, obviously, but it does not need to take eight years. So this, I wish I would have had just like the access to something like this when I was going through this.
2: And that just goes to speak volumes about who you are as a person and as a healthcare provider that you have been able to, like you said, just accumulate all of this research and, you know, not only what you know and what you practice, but what the research shows and what you have been through and what your clients have been through to be able to create this space. And so anybody listening that has vaginismus, you are not alone. You are, you are not alone. There are so many resources out there for you. You and I think that that's like one of our biggest takeaways from today is that like there there is help out there. You are not alone and you are not broken.
0: Well, and there's options too, right? Like because we, I mean, I've talked to someone recently who pelvic floor physical therapy failed her, and I, mm-hmm. it, I that's kind of what we talked about. I was like, you didn't fail, and it wasn't here it was somewhere else where she was talking about her experience. And I was like, you didn't fill pelvic floor physical therapy, pelvic floor physical therapy failed you. Mm. And so maybe it's someone who they don't have a good clinic in their area where they can get help. There are other options like your program, you're helping women from everywhere. It sounds like it's all online. And so it doesn't matter what you have physical access to. There's, there's options. And so that's what's really important too, is just getting this information out there that there is help. There's multiple ways to get help. So I love that.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what I saw is I didn't have access to a great pelvic PT. And I'll be honest, it's hard when you go online and you just look at, you know, help. how do I cure, cure vaginismus? And it's pelvic PT. And everyone says pelvic PT. And I love my pelvic PTs. Don't get me wrong. The problem is it's that's really disheartening for the woman who's been four years, failed four times, or pelvic PT has maybe failed her four times. And I I, I meet these women who are just like, I don't, What's wrong with me? Like, this is what's supposed to fix me. What didn't, why didn't this fix me? And there are incredible pelvic floor therapists out there for sure. I mean, you guys know that vaginismus is way more complicated. And like I said before, um, so pelvic PT is obviously like the gold standard for helping get through this. I'll say pelvic therapy because there are pelvic OTs out there too. So pelvic therapy is the gold standard for getting past this. However, you're so right. Not everyone has access to like a quality pelvic therapist. And I have women who are in some European countries that have like a two year wait list to get into a pelvic floor therapist. Like, what the heck? You have to wait two years to even just like get started on this journey. So I'm here to say, like, you know, you can have access. Everyone in this day and age should have access to quality medical care and to quality um, services that can really help just get research into your hands, get high um, value stuff out there so that you can not have to sit there and wait for two years or bounce around pelvic therapists and have to share your story all over again and have someone like a new person's hands inside you. And just like, you don't need to do that. You can, you can have access to quality stuff right now and get moving. So, so to the girl who's failed or been failed by pelvic therapy for years, you're not broken. You're not the problem. Like there is options out there. <laughs>
0: I was going to ask you if you wanted to give a PSA, but that sounds like a really good PSA. <laughs> That's what, that was it. That was, that was yeah. your PSA. There's help out there. You're not broken. Just because one system failed you, there's
2: there's other things mm-hmm. out there. For sure. For sure. Well, we normally wrap up our episodes with a patient win. Jess, do you have a patient or client
1: win that you would like to share with everybody? Yeah. So this week, one of my girls – it's always, everyone's story is always different, but the biggest ones for me are when there's just been such a mental block to any kind of penetration. So even finger penetration, and I, I teach a lot of finger penetration and manual, like self-manual mass, like massage because like skin on skin top contact and the body on body is huge. Anyway, so I had a girl who um, just looking at her vulva would pass out almost, just Like, could not handle that. And so she's been able to do the internal manual work herself. And it's been like working up to this. And I'm so encouraged that she's been able to like do the mental work to not pass out now when she sticks her fingers out. She's not feeling nauseous or queasy. She's not lightheaded. And she confidently is messaging me, like, I stuck my finger in. And then I decided, like, that went so well. I just grabbed my first dilator and put that in. And then I grabbed the next dilator and I just grabbed the next one. And I got all the way up to the fourth dilator. And it's just like, Yes, because once you get that, like the nervous system and the mind working for you, man, you're just like, you're on fire. So it was just so encouraging to see like passing out to fourth dilator, like within one session is incredible.
2: That's amazing. And like, that's a, that's a big step. And there's going from the level one dilator to the level four is not, it's not a small jump by any means. So that's, that is such a big win. Like you said, just like that, that mental block, that mental aspect of things is just so, so huge. And I feel like that's such a big hurdle for most women and and a hurdle that you know keeps coming back around every now and then as well and so her being able to just make that first step like you said just like that neuromotor connection and just kind of calming down that nervous system is fabulous fabulous I love it (laughs) yeah
0: that is awesome I love that I really love that um,
2: Rachel did you have one mm-hmm. so mine is kind of actually along the along the same lines um, of that and so I have this patient we've been working with dilators and um, she tolerates internal release pretty well but still has pretty significant pain with any attempts to have any sort of intimacy penetration at all um, and so like here in clinic setting is obviously very different than home with the husband intimacy you know that that arousal situation And so, like I said, she tolerates internal release fine here. She's got a little bit of tension in those muscles and has been working really hard with the dilators. And she kind of had a little bit of a breakthrough the other day. She was like, I think that a lot of like the pain that I'm still having is like PTSD related almost. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Yes, I would hundred percent agree with that. Like you, you've had these, you know, that that pain for so long, and so like getting past that is going to take a lot of time. And so that was just a big win for her, just being able to recognize like that mental piece. Like I think that you know we kind of say like, oh yeah, like mental, you know, we all preach it. You know, like yes, your mental health is important, and I think some people can just kind of brush it aside almost and be like, no, but it's like a physical thing. It's like you know, it's it's a muscle or like it's this like it's this is but this is what's going on physically it's like okay but what's happening mentally is also going to affect you physically and so her being able to kind of make that jump make that recognition you know in in herself and kind of realizing okay wait like there's a lot of this going on as well was was really really big and I think it's just going to continue to help her um more and more and more so that was great oh
1: that's awesome I love it
0: Well, I'll stay on theme here. Um, I had a patient who had positional pain. So she had really pain all the time, but there was one position she could tolerate. And we had moved from there to now she was having pain-free intimacy, but still only like trusted that one position. So we had talked a lot and just kind of worked through some things we'd been working on. Several things and she came back in and she was like, So it's going great. I was on top. Like, starts listing off all these positions. She was like, And I had a climax. But like, just like just her complete mindset had shifted. She was enjoying sex. She was trying things and like actually finding intimacy pleasurable versus if I get in this one position, I can tolerate it. Cause I hate, I hate when my girls come in here and say things like, I tolerate or I get through it or all these. It's like pleasure is not anywhere in the equation because we're just trying to find some less painful, just some way through that. And so to actually go from, okay, I can tolerate this to I'm exploring and I'm enjoying it was huge.
2: So that. I love that so much. So to anybody out there, like we said, that is having vaginismus symptoms, pain with sex, pelvic pain, vaginal muscle spasms, whatever it may be, you are not broken. You are not alone. There is so much help out there for you. Just thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything that you want to plug? Where can we find you? Plug away.
1: Yeah, so you can find me at painfreeintimacy.com or, of course, on all the social media. I'm at painfree.intimacy. And yeah, you can welcome to, I respond pretty well to emails and DMs and whatever. I also do have a private Facebook group. It's called the Vaginismus Tips and Tricks. Um, And there I actually post a ton of free resources because I feel like everyone should have access to quality research for vaginismus. And so I do a lot of the research and I post free live trainings, free guides, everything there to just like help nurture women and to get past this. So yeah, I'm all over the socials. You got to be these days. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And we'll link a lot of your stuff when we post this episode so that, and we'll link it in our little resources tab so that people can find you even if they hear this episode later, because I think what you're doing is so important. And I think
1: everybody needs to hear you, <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate you guys and all that you do, also, and the quality content you produce on this is incredible. So thank you.
0: Well, thank you. And something I've loved about doing this is getting to collaborate with oh. other awesome providers like yourself. So this is, I think, this always like benefits all of us. Like it, I feel like it is so good for me just to get to talk to other people. I think Rachel feels the same, and then it's great for our patients to get to hear about all of the resources out there and just kind of continue to reiterate the narrative that we've tried to drive home. You're not broken. You're not alone. There is help out there. So I hope if you guys got nothing out of this today that you got that. So again, thank you, Jess. Thank you to all our listeners who continue to listen, people who reach out. This is why we do this. This is, this is it. So thank you for listening and we will see you guys next week. Goodbye.
1: Bye.